0: After 39 long years, the Cup is back home! The Bruins are 2011 Stanley Cup champions! Hello everyone and welcome to episode 18 of Bruins Beat brought to you by CLNS Radio. I'm Mike, joined alongside Jason as always and uh, the Bruins just wrapped up their six-game road trip, and usually we post the show on Saturday, so we, we did not get to the preview of the Stars game, but that's okay. We'll get the recap of the Stars game from last night because um, Jason and I got a little busy yesterday. got a little tied up. Stuff came up, so we weren't able to get the show out yesterday, but we'll get it to you today, which is fine. So we'll talk about the Stars game as well this week, and a lot to get to. There's a lot to talk about with this Bruins team. The Bruins did go on that road trip, and six-game road trip, and ended up 4-2 and two on that road trip. And we will discuss all those games in just a minute, but the one thing I want to touch on quickly is that Adam McQuaid has returned to the Bruins lineup on the back end on defense. And Adam mcquaid he's a player that Bruins fans obviously know quite well. And we talked about McQuaid on the show and how he hasn't been skating recently, but it's good to see him back on the ice. I think McQuaid has been one of the most consistent Bruins defensemen this season. So I'm happy he's back. The one downside of him being back, though, it's Colin Miller got sent down to Providence. And I know Colin Miller has a two-way contract, and I know Colin Miller is a young defenseman, but you you and me have both been saying that Colin Miller should be playing close to every game this year because he, he's the only defenseman I see that's a young defenseman and has promise for this team in the long haul. And I don't know why the Bruins feel the need, feel the need to play Kevin Miller and feel the need to play Trotman over Colin Miller. I just don't understand that.
1: How much uh, radio did you listen to this week over the course of the week?
0: Uh, I I listen I, I listen I listen, to, I listen every now and then when I get an opportunity to listen I'll I'll throw it on.
1: Okay, I spent I listen to just about every single episode. I Actually, I have it on my phone so I can listen to it as I'm falling asleep. In the restaurant, there were a lot of certain things that popped out to me this week. The issue with the Bruins is the coaching, and it's cold It's sitting right in front of them. Claude, Claude's the one that's making the choices to play these players. Claude's in a lot of these decisions, and the Bruins aren't going to change until Claude goes.
0: You know, I, I agree with you there, because I think Claude, Claude Julien doesn't play Colin Miller. Claude Julien has finally started playing David Pashnick. Finally. And if you, have, if you have noticed, I know Pashnick obviously sometimes will turn the puck over, like any young forward does. But for the most part, he's making good passes. He's getting great opportunities to score. He's He's producing. And finally, Claude Julien doesn't bench Paschnik. It's like, Claude, we've been asking you to do this for so long now. The kid's a 19-year-old forward with skill. Let him play and make his mistakes. I get it. If he's having a really, really bad game, you bench him. But you can't just bench him and not bench other players on this team that haven't done anything either.
1: Here's another question, too. How many people think that the Bruins management is just delusional enough to think that they're a good team just because they're second in their division in an, East, in an Eastern Conference that's absolutely horrible?
0: I don't, I don't think Bruins management, like, I don't think Sweeney and Neely look at this team as a championship team. And I know they're in second place, and I know sometimes that could be misleading. And, like, this year it is misleading because, like you said, the Eastern Conference this year is having a really, really bad year. It's a really down year besides Washington. And the Rangers are really coming on as as of late. But besides the Washington, there's no other team in the Eastern Conference that's really pulling away or looks like a top-end team. So I understand what you're saying, that the Bruins could be in second place because of a bad Eastern Conference, and I would tend to agree with you. I just hope, I'm hoping, and I don't think Sweeney and Neely look at this team and say, oh, well, we're a good team. I think they both know they need to improve the team.
1: Oh, no, they ha- they don't have a choice. The, the, these Eastern Conference teams, except for maybe Washington, cannot compete with the West. The West is the far superior conference. They've won seven of the last nine championships. Yeah, the Western Conference is
0: dominant. They they have a ton of good teams over there. It's always fun. Like, and to be honest, when, I wa-
1: when the playoff hockey comes around, I always look forward to the West games more than I do these games. Because the West will tell you the story. And yes, the Bruins beat the Stars. Finally, they beat a playoff team from the West. I'm not that excited about it. Good game. They, they got physical. They played hard. That's one game But the, the Nashville game to me spoke for itself As to why Claude Julien. no matter what happens with this Bruins team That is why Claude Julien needs to go because it's the same old crap I've been watching for four years of a hockey team that plays complacent in the regular, regular season and shows up when it wants to and if I'm a season ticket holder for the Bruins I don't want to pay my well hard-earned money to watch that kind of team in the regular season. I'm sorry.
0: Yeah I, I, it's- yeah, I hear what you're saying there. And Claude Julian, I mean, I, I, I've been, like I said on last week's show, I said Claude Julian should have been fired last year. And I don't understand why the Bruins are keeping him now. And what I'm worried about, Jason, is that the Bruins will make the playoffs, right? So say the Bruins make the playoffs, how do you turn around and fire your coach? And I've said on this show numerous times that I think Claude Julian has had a good year this year of coaching with what he's been given. But some of the time, some games you're, you're right. You look at it and you go, "Why wasn't this team ready to play? Why is Claude Julien doing that? Why is he doing this? Why isn't Claude changing things up?" So I get where you're coming from. I said he should be fired. Per Connolly. <coughs> yeah, oh my god! Hey, he's, 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 <laughs> he scored a goal last night. The goal he wasn't in the net,
1: but he scored a goal. He no. He didn't miss it. Oh yeah, puck, yeah. I'm surprised. Yeah. He, I'm surprised he didn't shoot the puck wide. I'm surprised he didn't impale himself on the on that on the empty net there. Oh
0: my god, that was the funniest thing I've ever seen. When Brett Connolly was trying
1: to go for the puck behind the net, and literally when he find out he's okay, it's absolutely hilarious. It's like it's just the story of Brett Connolly. He's still playing on the second line. Claude's still giving him his minutes. I know he doesn't. <laughs> he, he's out there every shift. Do You notice that he's out oh, there. Paul like Colin Miller and Frank Petrano were sitting there in Providence, and Frank Petrano's on fire in Providence, and. He's still sitting in Providence. Well,
0: well now that Brett Connolly scored a goal, now he's definitely getting his ice time even more. He might he might be playing more next game.
1: For what effort?
0: Yeah, he, he, scored, <laughs> he scored an empty net goal and he, he gives tons of effort. So he's playing he's playing. You know why too? Yeah. He's not a rookie, so he's not a young player. So that's why Claude likes him.
1: Oh, uh, that's why probably problems always say the same. and That's Claude Julian. It it really is, and he's the first up. He's the first of the start of this team that needs to go. There's. This, this issue came up yesterday when I got the bad remark about me wanting to get rid of Chara. No offense, you know, a lot of people might say you can't get rid of your captain, but wasn't Joe Thornton the captain captain of the Bruins when the Bruins get rid of him too? I,
0: I have no problem with getting rid of Chara. I really don't. And the way I see it too is everyone knows, everyone in this city, everyone knows around the country, everyone knows even in Canada, that once Chara's gone, everyone knows Bergeron's getting the seat. It's not like a big secret. Everyone knows that. So I don't that's why I mean I, I don't even look at the captain aspect of it to trading Chara. I was just thinking about it because I don't think Chara is good anymore.
1: Chara's not even close. Ch- I wouldn't Chara's not worth much unless we're going to a playoff team and lowering his minutes to like ten minutes a game.
0: You know the perfect team for him would be would be like LA or Chicago. Like think I was just thinking the like same like thing. Think about that. Chicago. If you're Chicago or Los Angeles, you're telling me you wouldn't love dino Chara on your, like your second pairing. And have him play penalty kill and like when you're de- like when you're up a goal and have him play a shutdown role with like only playing like fifteen to seventeen minutes compared
1: to the twenty-six he's playing now. Which he can't do anymore, and that you're absolutely right. And you know the the thing is with the Bruins, and this is where a lot of people are very delusional, is they think Louis Erickson alone is worth something. What they don't realize is that Louis Erickson's a rental player for a team, so teams aren't going to pay as high as they think for just Louis Erickson. So if you think that the deadline's going to be as easy for the Bruins as you think to get rid of Louis Erickson, people have another thing coming.
0: I know. There's been uh, reports that, like last year, a lot of rental players went for a first-round pick. And this year, there's reports that are saying that that's not going to happen. It's not. So that obviously puts the Bruins at a disadvantage. And like you said, it's going to be difficult, more difficult to move Louis, but I think you've got to package Louis Erickson with with something, and
1: you ha- and this is where it's going to come down to the point where you say people are going to feel like they're blowing up the team. but You have to give names, names that are going to be heard, and that's why I would package Louis Erickson with Chara or somebody. Go to Chicago and say, "Just give me something for these guys, and yeah, I'm good to go." Yeah,
0: because draft a, picks. There was a report that said that the Chicago Blackhawks would be interested in Louis Erickson, but the one thing that I heard about was from Bob McKenzie from TSN, who's one of the best hockey. Reporters in the point pl- on the planet said that the Bruins haven't even put him on the block, and I'm thinking to myself. And look, I get it. Louis Erickson scored last night. He's been playing great for this Bruins team. I understand that. I totally do. But he's thirty. He's thirty years old. He wants a six or seven year contract for six million. To
1: That's see. a mistake if they do that. Exactly.
0: You don't. You don't pay Louis Erickson that much. And look, I get it. He's playing phenomenal. Look
1: at look at Chara. Char, your prime example. What's he? Thirty seven now. Two years left in that contract. Thirty eight. You're gonna play Louis Erickson to that point, well, and let's be giving him the first few years up front, lowering the returns in the end. That might be worth it if you can trade him later on, but even then, I question it. Yeah,
0: there's reports the Bruins want to sign. Him to like with, the,
1: with the way with the way Martian's playing, like, how do you make that work? You're gonna to have to get rid of some kind of contract to get the team to be good.
0: Right. That's that's 100 true. And the way I see it too is is Louis, if the Bruins aren't gonna re-sign Louis Erickson, and the Bruins should know this by now. Because they say the Bruins have been talking to his agents so they know what his wants and demands are. And if they don't come to an agreement, the trade deadline's next week. As me and you talked about before the show when we were doing our pre-show like discussion about the notes and what we want to talk about and stuff, the trade deadline's next week. And how have you not even talked to teams about Louie Erickson to see what his value is? I don't understand that. Like, why, why? I get it, you want to re-sign him, but you know what he wants and you haven't
1: come to a deal yet. The trade deadline's a week away. A week. And this is my and this is my issue with the Bruins, which is why you know I sound very anti Bruins sometimes when I say it. But this is my issue with the Bruins from the coaching to the management down, and that is why if the Bruins don't do anything, if they struggle for us in the next two or three years, the Bruins are going to have to eventually clean house if so they don't make the right moves. Nearly included.
0: I know. I, I said that's why I said to you, and I've said to a few people I've talked to about the Bruins that when people ask me questions and then they want to get into like the management aspect of it and. And Neely and stuff like that. I say, look, I say Peter Shirelli was hired before Cam Neely. Cam Neely was brought in, but I think Peter Shirelli had. This is my personal opinion. Obviously, I don't have any insight between Neely and Shirelli. Obviously, they're not going to tell me anything. But uh, this is just my personal opinion. I believe that Peter, Peter Shirelli was hired before Cam Neely. So when Peter Shirelli was the general manager, I believe he could last. I believe he could have done things without telling Neely because Neely wasn't his guy. You know what I mean. Peter Shirley was obviously here before that, and I think the Bruins kind of gave gave Peter Shirley his free free reigns to do everything. And then last year, I think nearly last year was the year that nearly really told Shirley to not do anything at the deadline and be and not trade anything.
1: Which was smart because at that point, I'm sure nearly was thinking Shirley's was going anyway. Exactly. So I
0: so that's why when when and then Neely hired S- Sweeney, and stuff, which
1: that's definitely- I'm not, and I, I still I still question that because you know. It, feels like the same, the same issues are happening.
0: Well, this is what, this is what I'm going to – that's gonna, it's bringing me to my point here. So Neely hired Sweeney this, this past offseason. And Sweeney made some big trades, trading Lucci, trading Dougie Hamilton. So he has the guts to pull the trigger. I like that. And the one thing people are saying is like, oh, does Sweeney not realize the Bruins need defense? Does Sweeney not realize this, this, blah, blah, blah? And I said to people, well, Sweeney has to fix Peter Shirelli's mistakes first. And foremost, the Bruins are up against the cap. They have bad contracts. And that's what Don Sweeney is trying to get rid of right now. And I say give Sweeney another year, year and a half, to see where he brings this team. Because if Don Sweeney fails, it will come back to Cam Neely. That's why I think Peter Shirely wasn't Neely's fault, but Neely now. Neely's blueprint is in Don Sweeney. So if Don Sweeney fails, I agree with you 100% that Cam Neely should be out of this organization, too.
1: And that's the entire issue. Now, I have, I've had listened to a lot of radio, so I'm bringing up a lot of radio points as well. But when Claude Julian was hired, he was hired with a bunch of good players. Am I correct? Yes. Okay. And so he coached those players, to a Stanley Cup that did a great job with a good players. So that was supposed to happen, right? Right. Okay, so now you got a bunch of mediocre players on this Bruins team, and what's going on? The Bruins are playing mediocre. So does that make Claude Julian a good coach?
0: Yeah, I know what you mean.
1: I mean... Something to, something to think about. It's just frustrating because he doesn't change his system, ever. And you can't... It's the refusal to change. It's the stubbornness. And that... You no, know, Yes, he's going to be the biggest... He's going to be the Bruins coach with the most wins of all time. So be it. But like, he did it with players that could win. Not because he did a good coaching job.
0: And like you said, the, the, he did... It. His system worked for that team. And... I understand like some coaches sometimes have a system and they stick to it and they don't want to change, which is fine. I understand that. But you don't have the same team you had four years ago. And obviously everyone can see that. And you have to change your system for the players you have. Or you have to ha- get the players that you have to adapt to your system. And I feel like that's not the case with this team. Like you have Bergeron and you have Marchand and Craigie that have played under Julian and play his system. But there's other players that –
1: don't and to Jul- and eventually Claude Julian's gonna have to play with a, if you were to play. I don't think would last that long. But he's gonna eventually have to play with a bunch of players he does not know or he's not used to, and that is where you kind of have to look at it. And I think that it, this is why and this is why people think I'm anti-Bruin. This is why I'm in a way rooting for the Bruins to not make the playoffs. Because I can foresee these situations happening where the Bruins keep Julian because they made the playoffs. Because yeah, they that's made some I miraculous say. run in the playoffs, so that makes them a good That's team. what I'm
0: worried about, too, is them keeping Julian because of...
1: It's the same reason yeah. I ruined against the Bruins to, go, to make the playoffs last year. It's the same exact reason, the same exact issue. Not because I'm want, not because i a Bruins hater, but because of the fact that I'm thinking of the future.
0: And I I think so, too, but I think Claude Julian's safe. and And I'm... Kind of upset by that because obviously I I don't really I'm not a big Claude Julian guy as people probably
1: know and people are, he's safe because his contract and people and... are always
0: like who do you want to replace him with and I say listen I don't really know who I want to replace him with because I would need to do research on that but think about it this way John Cooper is the coach of Tampa Bay Lightning right and they made the th- yep. they, they made the Stanley Cup last year right did anyone yep. did anyone know who John Cooper was before he got hired by Tampa Bay I'm sure I'm no. sure, and I'm sure the big big hockey guys did like. The guys that follow everything and get paid the big bucks—I'm sure all those guys knew who he was. But if you're just a fan of the NHL and you watch the NHL and you just like we, the Stanley Cup comes on and you watch it, but team, he was high. Like I—I I consider myself a hockey guru, kind of. I—I I watch games all the time. I'm always on NHL.com. I'm always looking up trade rumors. I'm always looking up anything that I can get my hands on with hockey. And I didn't even know who John Cooper was. I didn't know. And that's not a bad thing. That's why people are always like, well, who would you hire? And I go, well, that's not my job to hire someone. Look what Tampa Bay did. They hired John Cooper, who's doing a phenomenal job coaching that team. And then you and-
1: who, Who's nobody talking about right now that does a good job and he's on the farm team of the Ruins? And I keep on saying it, Cassidy. Yeah. Bro- the nobody that nobody's talking about.
0: No, Bruce Cassidy. Yes, and that's what Detroit did when
1: Babcock left. They just called up their AHL coach and said, you, "You're going to coach this team because yeah." Already, and they're doing a pretty good job for an AHL coach having his first year rebuilding a team. And he's because he's we'll already we'll get back we'll get into that with our recaps.
0: He's already coached that team, well, not all of the players, but he's already coached half the team because he's having he had them all in the AHL. Because they because
1: they have a system.
0: They do. Detroit has a good it's, system. We'll get to that in a few. But um, the one the one thing I do want to touch on quickly though is we talked about it a little bit is. is what, what do you what do you do with Lily Erickson? And there's like we said, there's a week away till the trade deadline, and like what, what do you do with him?
1: It's the same question you're asking whether the Bruins gonna be buyers or sellers, and whether or not which direction manager wants to go, and it's whether or not the Bruins play themselves out of the playoffs they year due to the schedule, which you can't predict. So you really, at this point, I still think the Bruins should be sellers. Deep down, I really do.
0: Yes, and. I know that you you think that, and a lot of people will argue with you about that. And sometimes, I me and you have a like friendly
1: debate and argument about. We we, the- we have every show. You got you the last two shows. You to- you guys have torn me apart apart, apart for it because I've been so, I've held to that point very strong. You know
0: what? At least at least you stand. You stick to your guns, though. You know what I mean? Like before, like this time you're sticking to your guns. Before you would kind of do the flip flop. But I, I respect you for sticking to your guns this time, and, you, and you're saying you you think the Bruins should be sellers. You've been saying it for quite some time now, so
1: good for you on sticking to that point. I felt, I felt it at the start of the season. I said to myself that I wasn't going to be surprised if they didn't make the playoffs, and this is the reason why, because I've seen all this happening. And you saw when we did the show last week, I predicted the two teams the Bruins, the Bruins would lose to. I would have been wrong about Saturday's game, because I predicted they would get blown out by the Stars, which I was wrong about, but I'm still pretty good when I'm predicting.
0: Yeah, you you actually been pretty good at predicting games. I've obviously not been good because I do me and you usually do opposite predictions for the Bruins, so I've been really bad. But the the one thing though is that the Bruins are a roller coaster. It, you literally don't know what you're gonna get each game, and, and which we'll, we'll get into the recaps right now. Actually, so we'll just, we'll just touch on the recaps right now. So the first game was against Minnesota on Saturday, right? That was the first. Yes,
1: no, that was that was the first game without
0: Bergeron. Yes, no Bergeron. The Bruins played Minnesota, and they played pretty well. And Minnesota was struggling, and they've lost about eight in a row. And, and that was, again, that led to the coach getting fired. Yes, Minnesota fired their coach right after the game. Um, but you know what? It was a, the Minnesota's not—they still have some, some skilled players. They still have some good players. Gustafson got the start. And the Bruins did what they had to do to get two points, and they, they won the game against Minnesota. And
1: the, but Minnesota fought hard. Yeah. And you know what? The, Bru- the Bruins played a good game without Bergeron. And I will give the Bruins credit for that game. Yes. They played a hard that was, that game. Was,
0: they played a hard-fought game with no Bergeron. They did, and they played really well. I think Krejci stepped up that game. And uh, the one player in Minnesota I love watching play, though, is Zach Parisi. And he's just a if, – if you're a young hockey player out there or you have a kid that's a young hockey player, just just watch Zach Parisi play and you'll want to dictate your game after him. He gives 100%. Goes all out every shift. Just
1: a great player. No, he's absolutely one of my favorite players. Him and Suter are on that Wild team. Which, speaking of, we got the Stadium Series game today with the Wild and uh, Blackhawks, which it's, is going to be fun to watch. Yeah, it is going
0: to be fun to watch. You know, the, since the Wild fired their coach, they haven't lost yet. They're
1: 3-0? That's, that bodes well for today for them, then. Which kind of
0: makes you wonder if it was a
1: coaching game. Exactly. That should make you wonder about the Bruins, too. It, it does, a
0: little bit. It does make you wonder a little bit, but. Uh, yeah, so the Minnesota has won every game since they fired their coach, but that was a good win for the Bruins. The Bruins got their coaches fired.
1: They got their coach fired pretty much, but. I, Whatever.
0: So their the bigger game was the next
1: game against Detroit. And, that, and, the, and this was the same old song and dance. And the,
0: Bru- the Bruins are playing on back to back. I don't care. I'm not using it as an excuse because. Yeah, two-goal they had a two goal lead. Yes, the Bruins came out and they started the game well. Marchand scored very early in the game to. To um, get the Bruins on the lead, that was the fastest goal in Bruins history, by the way. Eight seconds, yeah. So absolutely. So that was good, and the Bruins, you know, they, they made the three. They made the game three to one in the first period. You're thinking, oh, great, here we go. The Bruins are actually. I and mean, you were talking. We go. This is great. Like the Bruins are playing well in the first period. They came out ready to go. Three goals. Like okay, here we go. And then Detroit scores, and scores, and scores, and scores, and then the Bruins. All of a sudden, you look at the the scoreboard and it's like five three Detroit, and you go, "What the hell just happened?" And it's the same. The Bruins you shut said. down. It's the same song and dance. The Bruins roller coaster continues, and it's like every time they get a two 0 lead, you literally don't say, "Are they gonna blow it?" You say, "What period or when are they gonna blow it?"
1: Yeah, yeah, you know, nobody talks when the Bruins lose, but yet when the Bruins win a game like Dallas, I get to hear, "Oh, so the Bruins with their team," just because of the fact that I made the comments. And it's like I look at these people and say the Dallas game was 1-1. That's it. But it's the, the funniest but thing. The Detroit
0: game was really, really bad. The Bruins' defensive structure was awful. So Dano Chiro was out there for six goals against, and he was only minus one. I don't know how that happens. But he did somehow manage to go minus one.
1: And and then it gets even better when they come up and play on two say.
0: Yeah, so we'll get to that in just a second, but... So the the
1: wild the the Detroit look Detroit's
0: a skilled team, but that game had so much meaning for like the playoffs and seeding, and you beat Detroit the past six times, so you knew Detroit was going to be hungry, and it was just a bad game. After the Bruins went up three to one, since the Bruins went up three to one in that game, it was just an awful thing to watch.
1: Yeah, and that's the thing with the Bruins; they are not a fun team to watch, not when they shut down and play the way they do.
0: And what's first, and the the one thing I will commend the Bruins for is they did fight back, and they did make the game interesting, and they pulled Tukaraski for the fifth goal. But I don't blame Rask, and you said that you don't blame
1: Rask either because they left him out to dry. And a lot of the- and by day by day, I'm specifically saying char. And the
0: Bruins, the Bru- and Detroit scored a lot of go- Detroit scored some goals that were pretty questionable as well. And I'm not saying that's the reason they won because Detroit was clearly the better team that day. So. But the, the Bruins have been getting porked on goals against this year that the other oh, teams are yes. scoring Claude Julien, has I don't think it's won a challenge yet and it's it, <laughs> but it's surprising nope. because the goals that he challenges seems pretty like legit non non goals. you know what I mean but the Bruins yeah, the, no, the I calls know, are I just going mean, against the Bruins right now
1: and for some reason I'll we'll discuss that we'll discuss that from yesterday's game
0: yeah we will we'll, we'll, we'll get to that but yes the and the Bruins the Bruins, so the Bruins lose to the to Detroit, and six to five. The Bruins usually don't give up six goals, and usually when the Bruins score five goals, it's good enough to win. But the Bruins' defense sucked in that game, so whatever. And so the, the Bruins, well, then they played Tuesday night in Columbus. This game was this game was horrible to watch. If you watch,
1: this was the, a snooze
0: fest. Oh, and it, obviously we get me and you watch major almost every game because we do. Bruins podcasts and Bruins recaps. I mean, and we we cover the Bruins, so we, we obviously we're watching the games. And if you watched this game against Columbus, it was it was
1: te- tear your eyes out. It bad. was it was boring it was boring enough where I was ready to shy it off midway through. And you know
0: what? And you know what it made me think of is when John Tortorella coached the Rangers, and you know how when he coached the Rangers and he had all five guys just standing in front of the goalie trying to block shots.
1: Pack it in. Yep, and, and, Pack
0: it in. And, and that brought me to the point of Claude Julien and, and John Tortorella's stupid defensive style of hockey. And it just made the game so bad to watch. It was really bad. The Bruins ended up winning in overtime. But, man, oh,
1: man. That was just a... The it made me... You ask yourself the question, is Columbus getting better or is Boston getting worse? Or are they just playing this way just because it's the only way they can play to stop anybody from scoring? And Columbus had a lot of good chances that game, too. They did and three 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 breakaway chances if I remember correctly that Rask stopped. That pin- the score the score could have been four to one Columbus. If it wasn't for Tuka Rask. Tuca
0: was sensational in that game. And this was the game, this was kind of funny too because Chara was out there for six goals against against Detroit, and then the one goal that Columbus scored was Chara's fault, because Chara took the guy for the penalty shot. Yep. And <laughs> And I posted it in our in our Bruins chat with everyone that Charo has been out there. For, <laughs> yeah, you heard about it for sure. Was was I said Charo has been out there for the last uh, nine goals against, and I mean I was just stating it, and people some people didn't like that, but whatever.
1: And you've been infected by my, pessim- my uh, pessimism, like just for the record.
0: I know I might. <laughs> I, I, I think I've been talking to you too much. You've been getting you've been getting to me, but <laughs> but it's it was just funny, and I was talking about it with one of my buddies, and and he goes. And when, when Dallas scored last night, we're going to get to the Dallas game in a second, but when Dallas scored last night, people were like, oh, is Char out there? Is Char out there? And I was like... That's what I was doing. I was looking you for Char. During, during, during the replay, I was looking for... The, the first goal that Dallas scored, I was looking for the replay just so I could see if Char was on the ice. And as bad as that sounds, it, it was just
1: comical to me. I just thought it was funny. But Was that out there? Was that? Wasn't wasn't Seidenberg wasn't even either, so we can't even blame Seidenberg for a second and a half of that. I
0: know, but um, but yes, this Columbus game was bad. The Bruins squeaked out two points, and it was just tough to watch, though. And the Bruins play Columbus tomorrow, which is going to be another snooze fest. But the Bruins got two points. They get they get out of Dodge, and then they move on to Nashville. And the Nashville game was brutal too. The Bruins played back to back games that if you watch the Bruins against Nashville and against Columbus, you sit there and you just go, What is this
1: team? This is what we've been seeing since January first though. Yeah, we just go, What is this team? Like what are they? And I guess- and they're still sitting in and they're still sitting in second place. And you just kinda of ask you ask yourself that question because it's like, is this really even worth it? A second place team that's playing horrible when they're not gonna stand a chance against the West and with the consistency that they play with you you think they can get far? In, you were saying you might that might change. They can get far in the playoffs because of the fact that the East is awful. But I don't think they'll get past the first round.
0: And Nashville's a, Nashville's a good team. They're a playoff team in the Western Conference. They have great defense. They have a great goaltender. But the the, the Bruins from puck drop the first period they weren't ready to play. No, they didn't. They weren't ready they to, didn't play. to play. Nashville scored two goals quickly in the first period, and the Bruins were just like, and you're playing catch up against Nashville. It's a
1: it's a complacency thing.
0: And when, and when you're playing catch-up against Nashville, who has good has good defense, good team defense, and a good goaltender, it's tough to do. It's not like you go down 2 nothing against a team like Buffalo and you have t- an opportunity to catch up because Buffalo doesn't have good defense or a good goaltender. But it, Nashville does. So when you go down 2 nothing in the first period, you're kind of shooting yourself in the foot there. And the Bruins just weren't ready to play. And the, Bru- the Bruins didn't really have any good opportunities to score in that game either.
1: Not one. But if but they didn't they didn't from the very start, we can place it in however which way we want. This game could have started differently had they just shown up in the first period that like they wanted to play. Yeah, they lost and the game this in is the, the first major and this is a major issue with the Bruins on a consistent basis. I agree, they lost they had that one good game where it's been consistent from the very right. start of the season. Since
0: since the Bruins were on this road trip, right? They they played Minnesota, Detroit, Columbus and they could have gone 6-0 had they shown up for a couple of those games. In Nash- game. Nashville, right? So, of those games, the only good game the Bruins played was against Minnesota.
1: They had three crap uh, games. No, the only good game they played was against Dallas.
0: Well, I meant the, of the games we talked about. So Yeah. So, the the, Minas- the last four games that the Bruins have played before the Dallas game, they only had one good game against Minnesota. And they played three the games in a row.
1: Got-
0: like Columbus was a win, but was that really a good game? No. They then they they lose to Detroit, and they lose to Nashville. And you sit there and you go, The Bruins, this this what is what is this Bruins team? And then you know what? Finally, like you said before earlier, finally the Bruins beat a playoff team from the West. Finally. And they finally beat a playoff team. You know they haven't beat a playoff team in two months? The last playoff win, like the last team they beat that was in the playoff structure was December 18th against Pittsburgh. That's the last time the Bruins beat a team that's in the playoff structure.
1: Yeah, that's almost half the season. It's two, been two
0: months since the Bruins have beat a playoff team. So finally, the Bruins play a good game against Dallas. Dallas scored. Dallas, after the first period, Dallas was up 3-1. to one, And I literally sat. I literally was watching the game and I said, here we go.
1: I stopped watching it. I actually walked away. I went, I, went out, I went out for a car ride in the second period and came back and scored four 4-3. I, but
0: you think like I was, I was like after the first period I go up oh, here we go, the Bruins are gonna pack it in. Dallas might win six to one now because when the Bruins go down to a Western Conference team you think okay well they're gonna keep scoring because the past two teams they've played Anaheim six two, that the Kings nine two. So you go all right here we go again. That's probably gonna be a final score of six to two this game or seven to two or whatever Dallas wants to score you might as well put it on the board now.
1: And what changed? And I can answer that question in two words. Brad Marchand. Brad Marchand has been
0: unbelievable for this Bruins team. He scored two goals yesterday. Finally, the, a power play goal. Marchand scored the power play goal as well. And the Bruins made a comeback, which was great. The Bruins, like you said, you went out and it was 3-1. to one, And you came back, it was 4-3 to three Bruins. And finally, the Bruins played a good game against a good team. And the, you know why yesterday makes me frustrated, though, Jason? It's because...
1: Because you're not going to see this again for a while? Exactly. Like, why can't... <laughs> like, I don't get it. Because everybody, everybody freaked out. One of our, um, our writers freaked out because they said, oh, because you don't think you should blow up the team because the Bruins beat the Stars. I'm sitting there thinking to myself, one game. One game. Show me this, show me this on a consistent like, basis. I, I get, and I might flip, flip my point.
0: I get that it's an 82-game schedule. And I get you're going to have bad games. You can't play like that for every game. But you should play like that for majority of your games. If you play like that the way they played against Dallas and they lost, you'd be like, okay, at least they showed something,
1: they gave it effort, the other Bingo. Team, the other team just beat. Bingo, them. I would have reacted that way. I was at least they showed up and showed an effort and they didn't quit if they lost that game at that point.
0: Exactly. But when they lose to
1: like Nashville and they Nashville and they beat Columbus and they beat Toronto the way, they're beating these below the belt teams. Nashville I'm not gonna go war right into. But you ask yourself, is this a team you really want to watch play? And how far are they going to go? And I've been holding to that point for a while.
0: But it was a big win last night. because Big win, though. It was Absolutely. a big win. But like you said, it's one game. Can the Bruins prove it again against a playoff team? And they're going to have a they have a tough test on Wednesday night. They have a tough schedule
1: ahead. Yes, This sir. is why I'm holding to my point. They have a tough Western trip heading up where they're going to have to play three California teams, had a really good... And that will tell you which team the, Bruin is, the Bruins team is at that point. And
0: that's a tough trip, the California trip. We'll get to that in a little bit. But y- yesterday was a really big win for the Bruins. They finally showed a little something, though. And I know it, me- like, it makes me frustrated, like I said, because I don't know if that team's going to show up again. But it's a tease. It was, it was rewarding to finally see the Bruins show up against a good team. They didn't pack it in, like you said. They showed effort. They fought back. They clawed their way back, and they got the win. Well, after Dallas went up 3-1, to they closed the door on them scoring, and they scored five unanswered goals. It was great.
1: But Chara was on the ice for one, though, so I did the stat and Chara has been on the ice for 10 of the last 12 goals. So maybe they should just take Chara off the ice. Maybe the Bruins will win that way. Maybe. But
0: that was a good big one yesterday.
1: Tyler Sagan did not score a goal, which was surprising because you would have figured he scored a goal. He would have scored a goal. I would have gone with Tyler Sagan and a hat trick the way he played against the Bruins last time. I figured that they would have played, he would have played with a lot of anger still. But you know what? Boston did a good job of shutting him down. They did,
0: which was surprising because Sagan and, and Ben, Jamie Ben. And Brad,
1: and, Brad, and Brad Marchand was the key role to that because Brad Marchand got in Patrick Eves' head and Jamie Ben's head. Yes.
0: Brad Martian has 30 goals this year. The have, Bruins have
1: like, what,
0: 24 games left or something like that? Roughly he'll, he'll, he'll get forty. You think he got forty?
1: He'll get forty. No, I doubt in my mind the way he's playing.
0: And it um it made me think, has have the Bruins ever I don't think the Bruins have ever had a forty goal score under Claude Julian as a coach.
1: I don't think I've yeah, not that you that I don't think they've had a forty goal score under Claude Julian as a coach. Now that you say that. You still there? You look that up. Yeah, I'm still there. You looking that up? But yeah, I know, back to what we were saying that I don't think the Bruins have had a forty goal score under Julian for sure.
0: No, I, I don't think they did either. Which would be a, it would be great if Brad Marchand could do that, and it just shows how much Marchand has worked
1: this off and to be one of those complete players. And even that suspe- even that suspension he had earlier in the season, I think that and kind you know, of we were already ready jump ship at that point.
0: I know, but I think it kind of woke him up. No, oh, it did. I think it was kind of eye opening for Brad Marchand. He goes, you know what? I have to stop. I have to be a pest, but keep my composure as well and not get myself suspended. You know what I mean? And he's been doing that to a t- Like you said, last night he was in Patrick Eves' head, in Jamie Benn's head, but he didn't take any stupid
1: penalties and he scored two goals. And they all took the stupid penalties. Exactly. And that's
0: what the Brad and the Bruins need. So
1: he's been... And that's where you have to question the Bruins future for the Bruins too, because how are they going to be able to pay Marchand with Chara and Seidenberg and possibly Eriksson?
0: It's a good point. You're yeah, no going wonder. Marshan's contract is up not after this year,
1: but the year. not. You, you still you still got to think ahead. It's up next year. Next but year. still got to think ahead. Okay, also, you got to think about Pastor Knack, too, which might not be that Passionate. much.
0: Pastor Spooner, and Marshan all have their contracts up at the same time.
1: Something that, this is where all the issues for the Bruins are going to happen. So something it's going to come down to... Something to think something about. Something to give.
0: Yes, yeah, so something has to
1: give. And I think that's why... And this, I, is what, and, and this is where... Let me say this, and let me say this honestly. I wouldn't fall in love with all these players. I would... If you had to choose between Martian and getting rid of Spooner and Pasternak at this point, I would probably keep Martian.
0: Yeah, I don't think that people would really argue with you there. You might have a little bit of an argument from someone, but I don't think a lot of people would say that you need
1: to. You, I, I think you could. I think you could trade Spooner and Pasternak and get good value for them if they, if the Bruins wanted to.
0: They probably could. We'll, have to, we'll see what happens. I think this off for the Bruins is going to be the biggest one they've had in a long time. So we'll see what next couple. Yes, next couple. So. This one for sure. But, so the Bruins have a good game against the Stars. Claude Julien could have a Brad Martian score 40 goals. Brad Martian's been the MVP of the season for the Bruins. It's no question I about don't. it. And I know people are going to say Bergeron, and I get that. Like, if when someone says the MVP of the team and they say Patrice Bergeron, I'm never going to argue with them because Bruins fans know what Bergeron brings to the table. But I just think Brad Martian has elevated his game so much, and it's been such a spark plug for this team, that every time the Bruins win a game, it feels like Brad Martian did something positive.
1: Oh, absolutely does, and that's what's made this very interesting. That you know, it's been all about Brad Marchand lately, and Patrice Bergeron's kind of taking a back seat. But Bergeron is that quiet leader on the team. It is about Bergeron, and we will not forget Bergeron. No, that's why. But this, no one will but forget this, Bergeron. this season. This season, Marchand's been the most valuable.
0: Yes, I think so too.
1: Bergeron, Bergeron should be the captain, no doubt in my mind. When Charlie goes, which hopefully soon. But Marsh Jansen MVP.
0: Yes, I would agree there. And it was good to see the Bruins power play get going again. They had some power play goals last night because their power play has been struggling as of late. So good to see the Bruins get some power play goals as well. And I don't want to forget this, but have
1: you heard anything on update on Tori Krug? No, I have not. Did he he left out, the game, so. correct? Yes. He got the hit he got the hit from Demers.
0: Oh yes, I forgot I completely forgot about that. He and he he looked like he was in a lot of pain too. So hopefully that's not a significant Injury because that's
1: why I made the comment yesterday. You better hope Tory Krug's not out longer. If you lose Tory Krug, you're losing a big pillar of this defense. Yes, you really
0: are. Torrey Krug's been great for the Bruins this year. He's been. I mean, you have talked about it on this show. He's probably been one of the best Bruins all
1: season long. Like he, he helped. Like when you get rid of Chara and Steinberg, I think Torrey Krug's kind of earned the top two spot. And
0: that's what he wanted to prove to do with the Bruins team. He wanted to prove he could be a top four defenseman. And this coming into this year, I was, I was a little worried about that, but I think Torrey Krug was held his own this year. And as you and I have discussed, he's probably been the Bruins' best defenseman all season
1: long. Most consistent, for sure.
0: So, yes, yeah, so that's a good thing to keep an eye on. And I hope Torrey Krug can hopefully not be miss a lot of games because the Bruins are right back at it tomorrow. And if they, if they don't have Torrey Krug tomorrow,
1: I won't be... I mean, it'll be i t- I'm not going to be that upset about it. Let him take a couple of days to rest. Yes, I can understand but if, that. If, I'm just hoping that it's not long-term. Exactly. If he
0: misses like consecutive games where it's like four or five games and it keeps going, that's when you get worried because Tory Krug has been the best defenseman on this team.
1: If it gets to that point, then the Bruins really are a so-well for the season. And that's when you really gets to say, okay, you know what? It's not a year. Let's pack it in and sell.
0: So we'll have to wait but, and see. But I don't think the Bruins... I think Don Sweeney won't sell. No he won't and because like you said the Bruins want to make the the Bruins management wants to make the playoffs. there's no way they don't want to make the playoffs and we'll we'll see what happens if when they get, if if and when they make it there because I want to touch on this um schedule the Bruins have
1: Absolutely. The rest of the before the we do that before we do that let's give a shout out to the Red sox guys
0: okay yeah of course uh, baseball fans if you are uh, big fan of baseball, please check out the Red sox beat podcast with CLNS radio as well. Our our friends over there do a great job covering all things baseball, and with baseball season just around the corner, they'll give you all the insight between spring training. They've had some great, uh, they've had some great guests such as Jared Carabas of Barstool Sports and Trenty Kuznarek from CSN. They do a great job over there, Lauren, uh, Lauren, Jess Jared in, and Jess. Jared. Yes, they do a great job. So go check checking out Red Sox speed for CONS Radio. They do they do great stuff over there, just like me and Jason do here. Getting back on big season ahead, big season ahead. It is. For the Red it's gonna be a big season ahead for the Red Sox. And we'll have to see. Hopefully they don't finish in last place again. But we'll leave we'll leave the experts over there to talk about baseball. I Me and you will discuss hockey again. But so getting back to my point here, and the Bruins schedule for the rest of the season is very, very difficult. It is brutal. It, it's one of the most difficult schedules in stretches, I think, all season long. And I was looking at it. The other day, because
1: I kept on bringing up this point when I was saying the Bruins wouldn't make the playoffs, and I was specifically referring to the schedule.
0: Well, I, I didn't realize how much the sched like the Bruins schedule. You know how when you look at the Bruins schedule, you usually only look up for like the next like three or four games. You don't look. I was. You don't look at
1: us. I was always looking ahead.
0: Yes, and I, I never I usually look up the next three or four games and see who they're playing because I don't look ahead as much as like you do, but. This is the Bruins upcoming games. They have Columbus, Pittsburgh, Carolina this week. And we'll get into the the predictions later on, but after this game this week, they have Columbus, Pittsburgh and Carolina. And I think those those three teams are kind of I mean Pittsburgh's good, but Carolina and Columbus are kind of...
1: Pittsburgh and Carolina are going to have a fight because they want to make the playoffs, Carolina specifically. Right. It's not over yet. They could become sellers. Who knows at the deadline at this point with how close it is. So I wouldn't ever... I wouldn't even come close to underestimating Carolina. I
0: wouldn't either. But after that game, right, the Bruins have Tampa Bay, Calgary, Chicago, Washington, Florida, Tampa, Carolina, Islanders, the West Coast trip, San Jose, Anaheim, Los Angeles. Then they come home... They come back to the East Coast, and they play the Rangers and then Panthers again. That is a tough, tough march.
1: And then they follow it up with the Maple Leafs, Devils, St. Louis Blues, Blackhawks, Hurricanes, Red Wings, and Sanders to finish off the season.
0: The Bruins have a tough... And
1: season. the way that they've played this season, how... I've just questioned how they're going to make the playoffs. <laughs> this isn't going to be easy.
0: Like, this isn't going to be
1: easy stretch at all. They
0: have a lot, a lot of tough games coming up.
1: They're going to have to show heart in that month, in the next few months to really win this year.
0: They're going to have to squeak out wins somehow.
1: I mean, you got that West Coast trip with Anaheim and Los Angeles, back-to-back nights. And talking about the two teams that combined to give up 15 goals at home.
0: And they, they manhandled you, too. It wasn't even close. Like, those, both those games... In San Jose,
1: nice. they lost to a game that earlier in October they should have won. Can't forget that.
0: No, you can't. And this is going to be a really, really tough and grueling stretch for the Bruins this year.
1: And then Calgary... They're not going to be Chicago. Chicago is, like, the best team in the league, period. Washington's going to be a tough fight. Uh, Washington's going to be tough. And then the Islanders are tough. Then you have... Calgary's going to be tough. Then you
0: have the speed. Then you have the Florida teams. Florida and Tampa. And both teams Where- who you're fighting you're fighting with in your own division for playoff seating, So both those, that's going to be, that's tough. And,
1: then and they, that's why I'm holding to that prediction that the Bruins are going to play themselves out.
0: And then after they play, the after they go on the West Coast trip, right, they play the Rangers in New York. And the Rangers are really playing good hockey as of late. And the, the, you know the Rangers are a good team. Everyone knows the Rangers are a good team. And that's a tough game there. And then they after that, they go back on the road and they have to go to Chicago and to St. Louis. Do you think – and I don't feel confident about either of those games.
1: Oh, that's, a, that's another – when you look at it, that's another five-game road trip. Florida, Toronto, New Jersey, St. Louis, Chicago.
0: Florida's at home.
1: Oh, okay. Toronto, New Jersey, Chicago, St. Louis. So, Four-game road trip. My bad.
0: That's okay. But th- that's – Besides Toronto, New Jersey's playing really well this year. So you look-
1: but, we, but we keep on saying besides Toronto, the last time the Bruins played Toronto, the result yeah, was they, a win. Yeah, they, in the they
0: blew it. No, they blew it in overtime.
1: Yep. They had a two-goal lead in the
0: third period. The oh, that, no, you're game. right.
1: It was an overtime loss now that looking back. My God, I forgot about that, too. That's
0: right. That's right. <laughs> um, yeah, this team, the schedule is really, really gruesome. A lot the of schedule tough games.
1: is not conducive to a team that should be making the playoffs based on what the entire season is shown so far.
0: And like we said, we talked about how the Bruins can't – the Bruins haven't beat playoff teams in the West. They have a lot of playoff teams from the West coming up on their schedule. They have the division games between Florida and Tampa. They have Chicago and Washington still. They play Chicago twice. They play the Capitals again. They play the West Coast trip, the Rangers, the St. Louis Blues. They have a lot of games. They're going to have a
1: fight. Every single night, they gonna fight toot and claw.
0: Especially with how close the Eastern Conference standings are, too, as we talked about on the show. The East is so tight that one loss, one win, you move from second place to the wild card, or you're out. Exactly.
1: So you you lose if if you lose all three of those games on that Western Conference road trip, you lose to Chicago twice. You're done. Yeah. I don't know how you can because argue that because then you're gonna have you're done to, because
0: then you're gonna have to beat Washington. You're gonna have to beat. The Rangers. You're gonna have to beat. If you lose to all those teams, you're gonna to have to get pick up wins, like in other games, and it, it's just
1: gonna be a really, really tough stretch for the Bruins. And that's why I'm holding my prediction that they don't make the playoffs.
0: So you're gonna hold that. I'm gonna say they still make the playoffs. I just think they're going to find a way to get it done, they're going to have to.
1: I'm, I want them to. That'd be great. But on the other hand, them not making the playoffs is a favor to everybody, too. Because that might mean Claude Julian's job.
0: It could mean Claude Julian's job. And if the Bruins don't make the playoffs, I think you have to get rid
1: of Claude Julien. But, well, well, even, if they, even if they go to the playoffs and go one and done, they still have to get, get rid of Claude Julian. I don't think Claude Julian should even consider himself safe in the slightest.
0: I don't think he should either, but we'll talk about that when the time comes. There'll be a lot to, lot to think about and look at with the Bruins. Coming up on this, uh, towards the end of the season, but uh, for around the NHL, I just want to touch on uh, Yarma Yager. Had two goals last night. He has 20 goals on the season. He's the oldest player to score 20 goals in a season at 44 years old, and he also is now the third leading goal scorer in NHL history, just goals, not points, just goals. Yarma Yager is third on the list behind.
1: I believe he's fourth everywhere else. When you look at the stats, I was looking through his stats yesterday. Third? Yeah,
0: he passed. He passed. Um, who did he? I forget who he passed. Off the. Let me do some research on that.
1: But Are you talking points or assists? I know he started in the goals. goals. The goal. I was talking. I was talking everywhere else. Oh, he's. Like all the stats. That's fine. he started fourth somewhere else. Everywhere else. But no, it was it was incredible seeing who he passed yesterday, and. And
0: he's still
1: chugging. Yager to, deserves it. He's
0: still chugging along at 44 years old. He doesn't even look like he needs. He should retire.
1: He's not going to. I wouldn't. The guy's I'm playing with a good team in Florida. He's still Young players. It's, it's incredible.
0: It really is incredible. And that's,
1: and that's why I would never count Florida out that I think Florida can beat Boston.
0: Oh, they easily could beat Boston, but they're a good team. But, I mean, they have a lot of young and inexperienced guys, so.
1: Absolutely, but with Jagger there, that's all the experience they need. Yager, they still Thor- not Sean Thornton, I believe, although – you don't hear his name much. He's probably still a big leader down there.
0: Yeah, he's probably a really big leader down there. And we'll have to see what happens with, with Yager after this year. I think his contract's up after this year. But if you're if you're Florida, I think you want to re-sign Yager because he's been great. He, and he seems like he still cares. He's still playing and getting into shape. He's still scoring. He's scoring 20 goals for you. You might as well keep him.
1: The Yager contract issue is not going to be an issue. Florida will probably more than likely keep him. And, and Florida that.
0: has money, too. So it's not like they... They're not up against the salary cap like the Bruins are. They, they'll they be able to give him some money.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And that's why it's going to be interesting. You know, I'm really happy for Yager, and I hope Yager keeps on producing because he's been great to watch.
0: And another player I want to talk about is Shane Gothispear for the, the Philadelphia Flyers. My favorite name of any AHL
1: player ever. That last name is awesome. He has a – he scored the
0: overtime winner last night for the Flyers over Toronto. And he now has a 15-game point streak as a defenseman. Longest ever, I believe. It was, it was I think, 14 years, tied with Brian Leach. But th- this kid is sensational. And I played against him growing up in hockey. And what, when I played against him, you could see how good he was with, with, the, with the way he's, he viewed the ice, with the puck was on his stick. You could just say, this kid's a player. And seeing him do it in the NHL is incredible because he is young, he's 23, he's a rookie defenseman, and he's, he has 12 goals. He has a 15 game point streak, and
1: usually rookie defensemen don't just step right into the NHL and produce the way he's producing. He caught my eye back when the when the Flyers beat him the first time in October. The last name, the last name spoke for itself. It's like a name that, of a player that wants to be that wants to be there. You're right. Love it. And uh, no, it's incredible. I'm rooting for the kid. Yes, he, I think he's, I don't think I think Boston's lucky lucky they don't have to play the Flyers at the moment. He's because he's a great player to watch.
0: He's really fun to watch very skilled very can skate he can shoot he, he, he's everything you can have hope for in the defense
1: he is and he's going to develop even more so you think what you're seeing from him now and we'll wait until next year
0: yeah he's only going to be
1: in the playoffs next year no doubt in my mind he's
0: only going to get better
1: no i doubt he's absolutely going to get better so
0: i just wanted to touch on that so that very Connor mcdavid also who we talk about probably every week um is still, he can, when he, since he came back from his injury, is still lighting it up. It's crazy how good he is. He's been another rookie, but like Shane Godless Bear, that just keeps chugging along. You sit there and you go, How is this kid doing it? But he just finds a way to continue
1: scoring. So the rookie class. So you're, great. Talk, you're talking Gosses Bear, Eichel, go and McDavid for the caller. And then I'm, I'm going to give that to Gosses Bear.
0: Larkin too. Don't, don't forget about Dylan Lock.
1: Dylan, Kim, yeah. A bunch of. So. You're talking about a newer generation of NHL players coming to the NHL and succeeding right away.
0: And it's great to see because that way you know the, the future of hockey is still bright because all these young players are coming in and doing well.
1: No, it is for sure, and it's really fun to watch.
0: It really is. It's great to watch. Um, also, uh, secondly, is the uh, stadium series game for Minnesota and Chicago. It will be at
1: University of Minnesota today. That should be. A- did you watch it? Did you hear or watch any of the alumni game from yesterday?
0: I watched a little bit. A little bit of it. Did you see the goaltender that rubbed Madonna on the breakaway with a stick? Volpray.
1: Um. Wait. No, that was the attacking Chicago's goaltender.
0: Yeah. Sorry. Never mind. Did I? What? Yes. But did you see that on the save on Mike Madonna? Yes. That was incredible. For a goalie that's not even playing in the NHL anymore. Well, obviously he used to, but he's older now. That was a great save.
1: Yes, no, it was. You know, I, what I found very interesting were the number of players from the nineteen eighty USA squad that were playing in that game or a part of that game. Neil Braun, Dave Christian, Jack O'Callaghan, just to name a couple. I believe Mike Ramsey was there as well at some in, in some atmosphere. Yeah,
0: it's great to see that. Great to see all the
1: Olympic guys out there. So
0: Jack O'Callaghan. And it
1: makes it exciting. It, it's exciting to see that from Minnesota.
0: Yeah, it is. Minnesota is a great, a great state for hockey and. It's, it was fascinating to see. It's going to be a great day for them today, especially with that stadium series game against Chicago, who who is their rival pretty much now. So, yeah, no,
1: I'm excited to watch it. I'm excited to get this podcast edited in time so I can just go and watch spend the rest of my day watching that yep, for sure. Just
0: get Parker down the coach and, and tune in for that great game.
1: Yeah, but and then you got the other stadium series game next week too.
0: Yes, yeah, so it's, we'll talk about that one next week. But it's Detroit and Colorado. In Colorado, let should be a great game as well as <laughs> if you grew up in the in the in the early nineties. Nineties, yes, you could see all those battles that that those two teams had, which was phenomenal. But that we'll talk about, we'll touch on that one next week. But so the, yes, the, so the Bruins, as we talk, me and Jason talked about the Bruins have uh, three games this week. They'll be playing Columbus on Monday night, Pittsburgh Wednesday night, and Carolina on Friday. And the, Carolina has been playing surprisingly decently well this year, and they're still fighting for a playoff spot. They're not in one right now, but they are. And no one expected that. I didn't expect Carolina to be
1: good this year, and I'm sure you didn't either. I didn't expect them to play as strong and hard as they did. So, no, I didn't. What I mean, which is
0: kind of fascinating to see because the, no one predicted Carolina at all. Not one player. Not, not even one um, analyst. They're, they have 64 points. They are two points behind Pittsburgh for a wild card spot. So this week's going to be tough for the Bruins.
1: And they, the Bruins, I guess, they have no choice. They have to win these games. They
0: really do because as you you about. These are the about,
1: three most important. This might be the three most important games of the season with the schedule they have coming up.
0: Exactly. I was just going to say that with their schedule coming up, these three games are massive for the Bruins. And they need to get, they need six points. They need to win yeah. all three of these games. They do. Because if, and the one game that obviously is going to be the most difficult, in my opinion, is the Pittsburgh game on Wednesday night. Pittsburgh has been playing really good hockey as of late. And just uh, just so you know, remember Pittsburgh fired their coach and, and hired a new one? Yeah. They, they started playing better under the new coach too. So something to think about yeah. too with Cla- in, in order with Claude Julian.
1: Yeah. No, it's I, I agree. And I think that – because of that, because of the complacency with this team, I'm gonna let you predict first, so that I can figure out how I predict after that. Uh,
0: I'm gonna go two and one. I think I don't. I don't know which game the Bruins are gonna lose. I really don't. But I think the Bruins, this team is just too inconsistent for me to say they're gonna win all three games. And I think the one of the two of the games they're gonna lose to is gonna be either Carolina or Pittsburgh. I, I'm I don't know which one they're gonna win to lose to, but they're gonna lose to one of those teams.
1: Well, and I'm going to have to really think about this because I'm really good. I do see them losing to the Pittsburgh, so that's one of my losses. And Corpus All played well against the Bruins last time. I don't know how he'll play this time unless if the Bruins come out and dominate or if Columbus plays a packet in style. The Hurricanes are a coin toss, so I'm going to agree with you and say they go 2-1, but I think that, it's possible they could draw an overtime loss in there somewhere.
0: Yes, I, I wouldn't be surprised either, especially with the Bruins playing at home for two games, and the Bruins' home
1: record stinks. They... Oh wait, they're playing at home. Okay, I take it back. They didn't lose <laughs> two games at home. I'm <laughs> <They're>, just kidding. <laughs> their, home, their,
0: home, their home record is 12, 14 and three. It's pathetic. And their away record is twenty-seven and three. Twenty wins, seven losses on the on the road. 12, 12 wins, fourteen losses at home. What the hell is going on there?
1: complacency they just don't, again coaching it's ba- coaching. it's
0: baffling it all, it
1: all comes down to coaching you know, you know
0: what I think sometimes it comes down to too is Claude Julian overthinking matchups when he's at home trying to get the perfect line against this line you know what I mean coaching so you're
1: right it all comes down to coaching
0: so this uh, this will be an interesting week for the Bruins obviously it's been a nice roller coaster season so it's given Jason and I a lot to t- discuss on these uh podcasts so which has been great I mean, obviously, you'd want the Bruins to be like Washington, where they're just winning every game, pretty much. But that makes that's too easy. Exactly, that makes it no fun. <laughs> that makes it, that makes it no fun to talk about. So the Bruins have been giving us a lot to talk. Why
1: do why do why do you and I want to agree and everything? That just makes the show boring. I know. I mean.
0: Especially, I mean, I think
1: Fel- Felger and Maddox have a great chemistry because the model of the show is this. If, this. if a listener's not pissed off at one of us, then the show's boring. Exactly. So if someone. Yeah, people pissed off at you, at least people you know are listening.
0: Right. So That will conclude uh, episode 18 of Bruins Beat. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at MikeSetta22, at buckley 91 Follow us at Bruins underscore Beat for all Bruins news. Go to clnsradio.com and get all the latest Bruins news as well from our r- great writers over there. We have a great staff. Also, uh, you can find us on iTunes, right, Jason?
1: Yes, you can find us on iTunes at Boston Bruins Beat Podcast. You can also find us on iTunes Stitcher, just basically by uh, looking up the CLNS Radio app.
0: Yeah, so please give us a uh, give us a like, give us some reviews on that. Greatly appreciated. Uh, thanks for listening. And you got
1: something to say? Yep. yep. No, I, I thought I did, but then I realized it's not the trade deadline yet. That's next week. No, nope, next
0: Never week. Mind. Next week's a big week for. Our- for around the NHL. So we'll have, we'll bring you every, we'll discuss all the trades that happen on next week's show when the trade deadline's coming up. So it's going to be a great show next week. Please tune in. Uh, we'll talk to you next week. Go Bruins.
1: Go Bruins.